0: I'm asking Jonathan to stick around because I don't know what's going to happen right now. Uh, I was sitting over here having a little conversation with God. Um, and I need to make that known because if people see me sitting down looking at my iPad while worship's going on, <laughs> it can be a lot of questions. Uh, I, I'm not, uh, two weeks ago I talked about my need to, to Google things. Uh, I was not Googling. I, I did actually, I Googled the scripture. Uh, so I don't want to lie to you. Uh, but I was I was having a little conversation over here with the Lord that brought my mind to something. Um, my heart's being deeply affected these days. I don't know why. I don't do this, by the way. Ask my people. For some reason, my heart is engaging with things taking place in the world, in our nation. I don't live here. But I'm deeply moved by things happening. Deeply moved when I tell you about Lebanon. I've worked through things like this in the past. We've been through tragedy. We've, we've done humanitarian work. We've, we've been in the slums. We've, but I've never felt things like I do right now. Because I think God is investing a level of attention into his body right now that is profound I think the church has an opportunity as we heard about in Portland and I've received so many emails in the last couple of weeks from friends all over the country pastors who are in the streets and on the beaches and on the courthouse steps and in front of their city halls one group of friends is having a A massive outdoor prayer today in North Carolina for one thing. The mayor of their city contracted COVID-19. He's in bad condition. And so all of the churches are streaming into a park to gather together just to pray for the healing of their mayor. That's the voice of the church. There's an opportunity in America and around the world right now for the body of Jesus Christ to occupy a space that no one else does. People are fighting. We've got the fringe on that side and we've got the fringe on that side and I'm not talking about you guys. (laughs) And somewhere in that, There's the opportunity for leadership to emerge that says there's a different voice to be spoken into the earth. Our politics are divisive. Okay. Our society is in turmoil. Okay. These are real things. There's real issues going on. But in my heart, cries the cry blessed are the peacemakers when the church in Portland pours into the streets not to fight back against protesters but to pray your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven It took me to a passage of scripture. I'm not, I'm not in a profound place right now. I I talked about this at men's breakfast yesterday. The scriptures that I'm gravitating to are so common and have been preached so many times. And yet, because my heart is engaging in the way that it is, these scriptures are finding new soil. To speak to me in different ways and I'm hearing them differently I'm hearing the Spirit differently and it brought me back to the kind of the beginning of everything it's it's the great cause it's why did Jesus come we know the answer is very simple because he walked into a synagogue one day and he took out a scroll and he began to read from Isaiah chapter 60. I want to read it to you today from uh, a translation called the Hebrew Bible that I think unleashes a bit of the real sound of the words for us. I want you to hear this. The mighty spirit of Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted and to tell captives, you are free. And to tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies. To comfort all who are in sorrow. To strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion. To give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes. The oil of bliss instead of tears and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness and because of this they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness planted by Yahweh as a living display of his glory that's why Jesus came we always talk about the fact that he came to save us he did thank God my life is eternal I'm secure I have great hope it's a very personal salvation it's awesome it's honorable Somebody bring me a tissue there. But the gospel is not simply a gospel of salvation. None of this is in my notes, so you get this for free. The gospel is not a gospel of salvation. It's part of it. It's the gospel of the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It's this. The New Testament wraps it up in these three words. The kingdom of God is righteousness, right standing with God, right living. Righteousness is also justice. That's a part of our call. We have this ministry of reconciliation, the Bible says. We are called to reconcile people with their God and to reconcile one to another. And everything that we do to pitch a wedge between two people is a wedge against the kingdom. Righteousness, peace. And again, we always internalize that. Peace, peace, I have peace. Wonderful peace, glorious peace, overwhelming, surpasses all understanding, my peace. My, but that's not the peace of the kingdom. It's part of it. But the peace of the kingdom is, I love you. I love God with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my strength. And I love you. As God would love you. Not because you have good ideas, not because you have right religion, not because you have right politics, not because you stand in the same space I do. But I love you with the eyes of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I've been to a lot of churches on this trip, and understandably, and listen to me, this is no criticism, because I'm right there with all of us, but the reason my mind went to that scripture, the first thing I thought of, I learned it, you know, as a kid growing up, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness on a cloak of praise in place of instead of heaviness and we've been a people stuck in a lot of heavy and there's only one antidote to that put on the garment of praise every time my mind gets stuck into that Space of complaint or that space of conflict or that space of distress I have to remind myself I have to discipline myself to exchange that heaviness for a spirit of praise because that's why Messiah came he said it not me and if I'm not taking advantage of that if I'm not trying to walk in these things, then I am positioning myself outside of the very mission of Jesus Christ. I hadn't, hadn't thought about it this way before. But the church has the opportunity to back up from the things that we're facing to look at it from a different perspective and begin to occupy a space that is not compromise, but is peaceful. (laughs) That is uplifting. That is building up and encouraging because as a body and as a nation and as a voice to the world, that's not only who we need to be, but it's who we have the opportunity to be so that we could have the loudest voice that the body of Christ has probably ever had to speak into the earth since the time of Jesus Christ. But that will only happen if we begin to collectively choose to position ourselves there. Remember when Jesus said that he came not to bring peace, but he was going to split up families. Remember that? (laughs) There's some of that going on because of the kingdom right now. But sometimes we, we look at that passage of Scripture and we think that that gives us some kind of a leeway to be less than a peacemaker. The gospel is going to divide some of us from some other people when we stand in it it's gonna happen but the gospel does that work not us our job is to reconcile and to keep calling and to keep calling The mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me. My actual passage for today was from another passage in Isaiah, you know real well, chapter 40, verse 28. And guys, I'm not going to preach all of this, but I do want to just look at this and maybe jump to the end. It starts out with this phrase. Those of you who were here two weeks ago, Thank you for coming back. (laughs) There must not have been a groundswell of complaint because I was asked to come again. But this will sound a little bit familiar to you. Here's, Here's why this passage hit me differently again this time. It starts out with, don't you know, haven't you been listening? Last two weeks ago, it it was a passage, James 4, that started out like this. Does the scripture mean nothing to you when it says? I just keep getting hit left and right by this. It's like God's just speaking personally to me and saying, boy, you've been listening to this for 50 years and you never got it. Don't you know? Haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God, the creator of all you can see and imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what you do. (laughs) Over what to do. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Even young people faint and get exhausted athletic ones may stumble and fall but those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength they will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles and run their race without growing weary and walk through life Without giving up. What this passage means simply is this it it, it ends with this God never gets weary or worn out, He never runs out of answers or creativity, and because He doesn't, we live in the opportunity to never do likewise. Mm. so what's our part there's a slide on there that that all the way down probably it says our part here it is it's one of these profound things again here's our part in this wait wait it's but it's an active waiting what does the word actually mean here it means to hope or expect eagerly I put this up so you can see from my study note from my uh hebrew study help what it actually means it means to hope or expect eagerly and it comes from a root word that literally means this it means to bind something together to take cords and bind them together you know how if you take a rope what a rope is is strands of fabric that are wound together right to make up strength the bible tells us that a threefold cord is not easily broken right because when those cords bind themselves together, it creates strength multiplied endlessly over what any one of those has by itself. And so when the Bible speaks here of waiting on the Lord, what it's literally saying is you are actively, during this period of time, winding the things together that make the strength of this. And what I think those things are, are probably things like prayer, worship, service in the kingdom of God. So that while I'm waiting on the things God has probably- anybody here waiting on anything from God? Just, just curious. Wait on the Lord means to actively do the things you know, that create the strength. Interesting thing about a rope, do you know what really makes a rope strong? If you took a piece of rope and you held it out here, and I just did like that, what would it look like? It would just look like a noodle doing that. But you know how it gets strong? you tie a big ol' heavy weight to the end of it. And when that weight pulls on the cords, those things bind together and they become exponentially strong. And here I've been crying in my spirit to get rid of all the weight so that I can be flimsy again. Just enjoy But what the Lord is saying is that with the threefold cord, they that wait on the Lord, what's his part? It's to empower us with overcoming strength. It literally means to give us that unexplainable power. And then he says, you're going to do three things from that. You're going to soar like the eagle. You're going to run. Go ahead to that next slide. And then you're going to walk. So what do these words mean? Soar, probably the purest definition would be to rise above or be brought above the ordinary level. Eagles fly. Sometimes they soar. Ride the wind above the ordinary level. Run means to move swiftly, or I love this. Equally, it can be described as to drive away from, to push something, to drive something away, to drive it away from me. It's active. It's progressive. Whether I'm running from something or towards something or I'm driving it away from me, he says, You'll run and not grow weary. And you will walk, not faint, not fall down. Walk just simply means march, keep the pace. It speaks of stability. So what we do is sometimes in our Christian life, we have to realize that we can live in one or all of these things at different levels, but there are different experiences in this walk. Sometimes we soar in those moments of triumph and ecstasy. Sometimes I just overcome to the level that it amazes me what God has accomplished in and through me or that I passed through something that was so exceptional that I stand on the other side of it and go, oh my goodness, how did that happen? To soar to an extraordinary level, to rise above it in a different and unique kind of way. That's sometimes the experience. Sometimes we just simply run in the moments of growth we're moving toward progress. We're going forward. We're active. We're making those paces. Who I am now is not who I was then, and I keep going and I'm running that race. So to win it. Sometimes I walk the daily march of life. Always and in all persevering. This is what the chords help me to do because I'm waiting on the Lord and when I read this again I thought about this differently I looked at it and I thought well this is a weird progression if I were the writer of this passage in Isaiah the writer in me says build the case I will walk then I'll run and then I'll soar and I've heard it preached that way. I, the example of the eagle who begins to walk and then gets faster and runs and then all of a sudden they're taking off and soaring. But the scripture doesn't point that direction. It does me soar, run, walk. Hmm. Why? Oh, Probably because... The soaring is pretty easy, may not feel easy to get there, but once you're there, the eagle has no trouble riding the wind. At uh, ancient Corinth, those of you that came to Greece, when you go to ancient Corinth, there's a mountain right beside the city called High Corinth. It's got a big fortress on the top. And I like to drive up there sometimes, I haven't seen them in a while but for years every time you went up there there were two eagles that would just almost constantly be out you, you can almost eye view them just out by the mountain just riding the wind effortlessly I love to watch them just amazing no effort at all I love to soar I don't mind running because there's progress. Things are happening. I'm putting a lot of energy into it, but man, I see it coming. I see the destination. I'm there. But walking. I used to run. Now I walk because I'm an old man. We have a God who told us in the scripture, he has no need of us. Actually said he has no need of anything. And as I've positioned myself over these last weeks, many of you have have heard me talk about how I want to go home. It's been hard in my spirit not to be able to go home for 12 weeks now. And by the way, many of you have asked or will ask, I plan to go on the 18th. <laughs> Pray for that. But I've been in a place of... not quandary, I, I don't discomfort, high discomfort. <laughs> but it's not just because I've been kept from going home. I've actually had a pretty good time here in the States. I've been in Kansas City for almost three weeks now. I haven't spent that much time in one place in who knows how long, and it's given me the opportunity to spend time with some of you and get to know you and to enjoy life with you. Whereas usually, you know, I'm kind of rolling in on Saturday, preaching on Sunday and rolling out Sunday night to the next place. And I've gotten to spend time with friends and meet new ones here and in other places. People have treated me well, fed me way too much, Jan. And others. Let me occupy their basements. I learned last night that my nickname is now Basement Brian. You have to differentiate somehow, right? I don't complain about The time Uh, I I want to go home. I've wanted to go home, but that's not what it's about. It's it's that discomfort, and it's this engagement with everything else that's in my spirit that's rumbling and rumbling. Yesterday, when I spoke at men's breakfast, I told him I sat down at my computer. And things just begin to pour out of my heart, and I ended up with 12 pages of script for a 20-minute men's breakfast. <laughs> it's just an engagement that's causing me to be uncomfortable, that's moving me into spaces of angst. Can I, that, maybe that's the right word, angst, with what I see and feel. Not because I'm afraid, like I preached two weeks ago, I believe we have an enemy and he is bearing his teeth. And some of you better come aware, come alive to the fact that he's coming for you. But I don't fear him. Greater is he who is, it? it's still a real scripture, right? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. So come at it. You can't take me. You can hinder me, but you cannot beat me. And I warn you devils, if you try, greater is he He'll take it out on you. You want to lose some space in the kingdom, princes of darkness, come against the spirit of Christ and see what that does for you. I have that sense in my spirit. But within that is this deep, deep cry to see me and you move from where we are into different spaces so that we begin to occupy on behalf of the kingdom of God in ways we never have and the way you do that bind the cords if you can be in the house of God and there are many who can't some need to be at home safety your safety my safety their safety there's no criticisms here but I encourage you if you can be in the house of God be there because when the cords begin to bind strength grows for me and for you if you can dedicate a little more time to real prayer If the world means anything to you, if your family, your neighbors, your country, your society means anything to you, find the space to do it. Bind that cord with the others. Deepen your relationships because we are not the person of God, we are people of God. We are the body of Christ. We owe it to each other to clear out the junk and filter in the love. Renew relationships that may have been broken, deepen ones that we have. Take them into new and different places. Because when the body of Christ begins to do that, the kingdom of darkness has to begin to fear. And when we hear things like the people of downtown north kansas need to feel the love of the body or the body in beirut needs to know that somebody stands with them today when the loved ones you have who might love to be here today and can't reach out to them make it known you're not just loved, you're missed in a genuine way and when the forces around you, the people around you the information around you begins to start that war, take your positions stand your ground but occupy the space of peace. Be a voice in the world today that nobody else is raising. And if we do, the spirit of the Lord God Yahweh is wrapped around me that I could preach the good, good news. You have desires today. He reigns above them. Yes. You have disappointments today. He reigns above them. You've made plans. Brian, he reigns above them. Expectations. He reigns above them. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. How did that scripture start out? Let me go back there. There it is Isaiah. Don't you know? Haven't you been listening? take it in a different way today and let me end reading this as a just a blessing over your hearing don't you know haven't you been listening Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God the creator of all you can see and imagine he never gets weary or worn out his intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. He empowers the feeble and he infuses the powerless. Me and you. He infuses us with what? With increasing strength. God be with you.
1: That's
0: right.
1: Amen. 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 Put your head on your heart real quick, just as we wrap up this morning. I just feel like that was just a word that the Lord has sent to us. And you have to receive things from your head to your heart to really grasp them totally. So, Father, right now, as we put our hands on our own heart... I pray as the Apostle Paul prayed, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened today. Father, there's so much greater uh, things that you have in store for the body of Christ, for the church of the living God, that, Lord, that, that, that our eye has not seen and our ear has not heard, but it's beginning to rumble across the earth what the church was even birthed for, what Christ gave his life for. And, God, we don't want to miss that, but we want to be smack in the middle of it. And I pray for every one of us here and everybody watch, everyone watching online that this word would just be planted in the soil of our heart And God, that we would over this next short season, let it begin to speak to us like never before. And that, God, we wouldn't be a puzzled people, but we would be a people with understanding of the times and the seasons that we're living in. And I pray that you would just blow away the confusion that has been covering our, our, our nation, Lord, that confusion, Lord, uh, the, the, the mixed reports, Lord, just blow that away that we might have a discernment by the, of the mind of Christ and, and clarity that would allow the peace of God that surpasses our understanding to rule inside of each one of us. God, I thank you for that. We thank you for the word. We we thank you for Pastor Brian. We pray you pour back into him, Lord God, today as he's given out, give back to him, pressed down, shaken together, and running out all over. God, we love you, and we honor you today for your word to us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. amen, amen.